The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. We have a lot on our plates heading into the Tuesday elections. The news service has eyes on the U.S. Senate race, statewide constitutional offices, and nationally the control of Congress. And we're also following the 70-odd contested races for the State House and Senate. And Colin Young and Matt Murphy join us now to talk about some of those. Hi, guys. Hi, Sam. Hey, Sam. And uh, Colin, starting with you, if Governor Baker, the Republican governor, cruises to re-election on Tuesday, the Democrats will still have supermajorities in both branches of the state legislature. Are we likely to see any big shifts in uh, state legislative seats next week? Yeah, maybe uh, unsurprisingly for Massachusetts, uh, I I don't think we're going to see any significant shift in control of either branch of the legislature up here at the state house. Uh, As things currently stand, the House has 117 Democrats, 34 Republicans, and two independents, and the Senate has 31 Democrats and seven Republicans. I think those um, uh, ratios will remain about the same after Tuesday's elections. Uh, And Sam, like you mentioned, there are only about 70 contested races for House and Senate seats in Massachusetts this year. Of course, all 200 seats in the legislature are up for election, uh, but 104 of the 160 House seats uh, aren't challenged. There's no um, uh, there's no challenge. It's only one uh, candidate uh, who remains on the ballot at this point. And in the Senate, 25 of the 40 seats are people are running unopposed in 25 of the 40 Senate seats. Uh, so that leaves us with 71 total contests. Uh, and even though a lot of incumbents will be returning to Beacon Hill in January, the new class of legislators uh, will include at least 25 new faces uh, when, when compared to the start of this current session in January 2017. Uh, there were 21 representatives and four senators who are either leaving Beacon Hill uh, after this session uh, or who have opted against, or who, I'm sorry, who already left or who have opted against running for re-election in November. Uh, one familiar face, though, will be returning to Beacon Hill. Who's That's that? uh, Marcos Devers from up in Lawrence. Right. Uh, Devers served in the House from 2010 uh, until 2016 when he lost a Democratic primary to Juana Matias. Uh, Juana Matias served one term uh, here in the House. She then decided to run for Congress in the 3rd District, uh, so she is not running for re-election this year. Uh, and Devers was able to secure his old seat back uh, by narrowly defeating a former Lawrence mayor, William Lantigua, in the Democratic primary. That was quite the rematch. Yeah, that was... some other rematches uh, Exactly. The rematch is a, a little of a bit of a theme for some of the races I've got my eye on. Uh, let's start in the Senate, where there are uh, two pretty interesting rematches. The first is between Senator Dean Tran, uh, a Republican, and Tran won the seat that had been held by Democrat Jen Flanagan in a December 2017 special election. Uh, in that special, he defeated Democrat Sue Shalafo-Zephyr, and the two face off against each other again this year. Uh, now, back in that December 2017 special, Tran won the seat with 46.5% of the vote, and it was a four-person contest. And of course, it was being a special election, 
much lower turnout. Sure. Different dynamic this time around. Absolutely. And this time, Shalifu Zephyr and Dean Tran are the only two candidates on the ballot. Uh, the Democrat, Shalifu Zephyr, is hoping for better results in what should be a much higher turnout election. Uh, another Senate rematch is between Senator Paul Feeney and his Republican challenger, Jacob Ventura. This is for the Senate seat down the Foxborough area. Uh, Feeney won also a special election. Uh, his was in October 2017 to replace Senator Jim Timulty. Uh, Feeney topped Ventura, who's worked as an aide in the State House office of Rep. Steve Howitt, by about 500 votes in that special. But there was a third-party candidate in that race as well. That was independent Joe Shortsleeve. So Ventura right. and Feeney going um, uh, toe-to-toe again this year. Sure. Without the independent. Without the independent, exactly. So another different dynamic. Uh, and jumping over to the House, I got two other uh, rematches for you. Rep. Jim Hawkins is facing off against Republican Julie Hall, uh, again for the uh, rep seat down in Attleboro. Hawkins beat Hall in a special election earlier this year. Uh, Hawkins won with 52% of the vote to Hall's 48. And she's a city councilor, right? Exactly. Uh, And now uh, hoping for a greater, more general general election turnout. Uh, Hawkins is hoping that he can hold on to that seat he won in a special. And Here's a, a rematch of a race that did not involve a special election. Uh, but in 2016, Hull Democrat Joan Mischino defeated Hingham Republican Kristen Arut to replace Rep. Garrett Bradley. Uh, Mischino won that seat with 54 percent of the vote. Uh, but now Arut, the uh, Republican, is challenging Mischino for the sh- seat she's held for two years. Hmm. Wow. So we'll see if second time is the charm for some of those folks. Exactly. That's what they're hoping. Sure. Now, at the same time, there are a lot of other uh, close races that we have our eyes on. Uh, Matt Murphy, you've been looking at uh, some races, including one up in the Merrimack Valley that's been shaping up with a lot of campaign spending. Yeah, that's right, Sam. I think I've been kind of curious to see uh, as we talk nationally about the potential for this quote-unquote blue wave to come and potentially sweep Democrats into control of the House, at least uh, in Congress, how that's going to play out in Massachusetts. And you know, we really haven't seen a wave midterm election here since probably uh, 2010. And that was a Republican wave. And what that meant was uh, the Republicans, particularly in the House, ended up almost uh, doubling uh, their membership. Uh, you know, some like 15, 16 Republicans jumped up to over 30 Uh, Now, uh, with the Democratic wave expected this cycle, there isn't as much room for the Democratic Party to grow here on Beacon Hill. Uh, But there are certainly some incumbents, I think, that, uh, uh, you know, could be uh, potentially caught up in this Democratic wave. And that includes Jim Lyons, who you were talking about up in the Merrimack Valley, a conservative Republican who's facing a Democratic challenger in Tram Wynn, who has gotten quite a bit of attention. She was on Obama's uh, list of uh, endorsees. Uh, Hillary Clinton also endorsed her uh, for whatever that uh, means or, or matters. Uh, it certainly seems to have helped with money uh, because Wynn has raised $168,000 this cycle, which is a huge amount for a House race. And that uh, well exceeded Jim Lyons, who raised quite a bit himself at 90000 also a lot for a, a state House race. But so we're watching that one closely. Attorney General Maura Healy and Auditor Suzanne Bump are going to be up in uh, the Andover area over the weekend campaigning with her. And uh, that would be an interesting race to watch. And Baker's been campaigning for Lions as well, right? Baker has done some fundraising events for Lions, even though the two really couldn't be more diametrically opposed <laughs> on, well the, on the spectrum of the Republican uh, Party, if you will. Lions, obviously conservative. Uh, voted against things uh, like the transgender uh, public accommodation 
Corporations law that uh, that Baker signed and has uh, fundraised for and donated to himself uh, in support of ballot question three. But uh, you know, it, I mentioned Obama and Clinton and drawing attention to some of these races. Obama also endorsed uh, Katie McBride down on the South Shore, who is a physician who is running against a moderate Republican senator, uh, Patrick O'Connor. Uh, she has certainly generated a lot of interest from Democratic groups around the country. Not quite as much money flowing to that race as the as the House race, but I think that's one interesting one to watch. And uh, another moderate Republican in the Senate facing a challenge down in that neck of the woods would be uh, Senator Richard Ross, right? Yeah, Richard Ross also facing uh, w- who seems to be a well-funded uh, and uh, accomplished Democrat who seems to be giving the incumbent a run. And uh, I think it'd be interesting to see whether or not any of these incumbents who enjoy all the trappings of incumbency and are well-known in the communities, but do they uh, do they fall to the wave? And uh, I think that's also part of the reason why I'm kind of interested to see what happens out in the western part of the state in a House race where uh, independent, unenrolled rep Susanna Whips of Athol is uh, running for the first time as an independent candidate. She dropped out of the Republican Party uh, and is facing a Democratic challenger. Now, certainly she has roots in the community, has won uh, elections there, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if, as voters flock to the polls, as we expect, if they just uh, check off the box for party over person, uh, and if that could potentially put someone like Rep. Whips in trouble. All right, folks, quickly as we wrap up here, uh, Colin, what's something else that you're following for uh, next Tuesday. Well, Sam, I'm going to fold the uh, race for U.S. Senate in uh, to this one and tie it back to the State House. also. Uh, of course, Rep. Jeff Deal is challenging U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren for her seat in the Senate. Uh, that means that he's giving up his seat here in the Massachusetts House. Um, Matt talked about this blue wave that, uh, that that people have been forecasting and that we might see here on Tuesday. Uh, I think Deal's seat uh, down Whitman-Abington way might be one to watch where the Democrats could pick off a, a seat that has been held by Republicans. Uh, Deal's seat had been held by Democrats. He uh, was swept into the office in, in 2010 during the Tea Party wave. Uh, he's, like I said, not running for, for that seat now. The Democrat is Alex Bazanson of Abington, and he's facing uh, Republican Allison Sullivan of Abington. She is the daughter of former U.S. Attorney Michael Sullivan. Uh, so an interesting race to watch there where uh, Deal is giving that seat up to challenge Warren, We'll see how he fares on Tuesday, and then uh, how his party fares uh, in trying to hold his seat. Certainly. Matt, what else is on your radar? Yeah, well, we've we talked a lot uh, here, Sam, about the governor's race, and I think we're all uh, probably watching the governor's race. And so I went back and, and did a little digging through through the numbers in the archives and, and looked at the numbers in uh, 1994 when Bill Weld was running for re-election against Mark Roosevelt. And we had two polls come out this week uh, on the governor's race, both showing uh, Jay Gonzalez losing to Baker by potentially historic margins. Uh, one poll had him down by 39 points, the other 43. Mark Roosevelt uh, lost to Bill Weld uh, roughly 70% to about 28%. So uh, you know, I'm not uh, predicting a loss for Jay Gonzalez or a win for Baker here. I'm just, uh, the polls have set this up to be a, a potentially uh, a historic election in terms of in terms of those margins. So I think it'll be interesting to watch to see uh, whether Jay Gonzalez can avoid being uh, put into that category or if he can uh, break through. And that, of course, would be on the heels of Baker winning his first term by a very narrow margin. 
That's right. Uh, you know, everybody I think knows that number forty thousand. Right. Uh, it's like the it's like the carry in Ohio number. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the governor barely held on to beat uh, Martha Coakley, and now uh, appears to be uh, on track, at least according to the polls, for a historic reelection win. All right, we'll be watching, and the news service will have full coverage on Tuesday evening of the elections in Massachusetts. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Sam. Thanks a lot. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.